1: Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Thursday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break. I'd say it's been an interesting, a surly show so far. You can surly. check out the podcast at theticketfm.com. Schaefer always wants to know if it's fun, interesting, or something else. I'd say surly today. I don't think it was and surly. And we now have Mike Schaefer with us. Shaper, the
0: text line. Was it surly in the yeah, first Yeah, I
1: think it has. But uh, a text line, has it, been, has it been a surly show so far? Har- yeah, surly. Harrison says Yeah, surly. it's been surly. Oh. Hello, Michael.
2: My uh my sources indicate uh oh that uh Sybil said something about there's gonna be negativity at seven AM yeah, <laughs> so, wait,
0: well we gotta get to why you're underwhelmed with the hires.
2: I wanna I wanna change that a little bit. You I told me talk, yesterday
0: you were I underwhelmed. I was
2: underwhelmed. Yeah. Um, so I
0: wanna hear why you're underwhelmed.
2: All right. Well, give me a chance. Okay. Okay. You gotta give me a chance there. I do wanna say that I did talk with Andrew Ford, the former UMass quarterback. Uh, that played three years under Mark Whipple when he was the head coach there. Now I came away pretty, one, impressed by Andrew Ford, mm-hmm. uh, who works in the Arizona Cardinals organization uh, in their scouting department. And two, I mean, we got pretty in-depth in what it was like uh, being a quarterback under Mark Whipple. And I do think there's definitely things that he's going to be able to add to this program pretty quickly. I would say part of why yesterday... I was underwhelmed mm-hmm. when you look at the situation for at least two, if not all three of Nebraska's hires mm-hmm. so far, they're all more than likely going to be out of a job. Mm-hmm. And so Nebraska, as much as anything, operated a, a bit as a life raft. Now, that doesn't take anything away from what they can do.
0: So Whipple wasn't going to be out of a job.
2: Um, was he? I think he was being pushed out at Pitt for their new offensive coordinator, who's a former wide receiver of theirs, that uh, the fan base was pretty much celebrating his resignation. so Which is weird to me, given <laughs> that everything that had. they did. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good no. year for this yeah. year. It just
1: wasn't a conference.
0: Part you of think, it Mickey, for me, think Mickey Joseph wasn't going to find a job somewhere?
2: I think Mickey Joseph would have been, of the oh. three, by yeah. far the the easiest uh, to to yeah. find a route. But, like I said, I talked with Andrew Ford. And I walked away fairly impressed in in our conversation with what he had to say about uh, Mark Whipple, and and I think some of it for me right now is just trying to visually figure out how he'll pair his passing concept with what Scott Frost sort of knows mm-hmm. and has used in the running game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ford was pretty pretty open and honest. I didn't really. It's not that they couldn't run the ball or didn't want to run the ball. He basically is just like. Mark Whipple's a pass-first guy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in situations where he needs something, they're going to get it through the air. And so um, there's going to have to be some sort of marriage there because Nebraska's not going to completely eschew the running game. Like, I I mean, they're they're there maybe go. not going to have, like, an 1,800-yard wow. rusher. Wow. Uh, but I would be, you know, I, I went back and looked. When he was at Miami, I mean, guys were averaging around 800 yards. Um, again, that's not what people know from Nebraska, and so you're going to have to to sort of work all of that together. but like i said I, I came away feeling a little bit better in that conversation. Here's my favorite part. Ford basically said that each week you know he he laid out what the practice schedule was sort of like under Whipple, mm-hmm. and by the time they got to friday, so like monday Monday was kind of a walkthrough and and a you know here's sort of what you're looking to install. Mm-hmm. Tuesday was kind of first and second down. Wednesday was heavy third down red zone package. By the time you got to Friday, he felt like you knew everything that was going to be in the game plan. Nothing was going to surprise you by the time you played on Saturday. Yeah, that's good. But the best part to him was he got actual input on what he felt like they ran well during practice. Mm-hmm. So on Fridays at the hotel before the game, they would sit down, all the quarterbacks. They would rank their favorite plays of what they would sort of ran throughout the week. And then they would talk about, okay, key situations. You're in the red zone. you got to have a touchdown here. It's third down. What do you want me to call? Mm-hmm. And they actually got input, and he used that. That's and good. they felt like they had ownership in the mm-hmm. offense, mm-hmm. especially the further along they went. I don't know that's going to happen year one, game one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he really felt like you got ownership in the offense. He basically said as much as you can sort of absorb, he's going to give you, but he's not going to overload you until you know, you've earned that ability to do it. And there's there's that's a fair amount of, that's
0: really interesting.
2: There's a fair amount of freedom for quarterbacks in this offense, which is something I didn't feel like Adrian Martinez had a lot. Like he could improvise during no, the did, play. No, he
0: did not have a lot of freedom before the play. No, he didn't. You know, you're right. And he so didn't. he didn't have a lot of freedom.
2: That will be a bit of a change, and you got to find a quarterback that can operate in that manner as well. Right
0: but, now, where I disagree with you guys and pretty much all media, if Nebraska had an 1800-yard rusher. I think they'd have an eight if they had a guy capable, they'd run him.
2: Well, and so he also said that as far as he knew from when they were at UMass and then following, you know, he's really close with Kenny Pickett too. And so he's been following Pitt for 3 years cuz obviously he's close with Mark Whipple. He feels like the the biggest strength, the thing that he thinks makes Mark Whipple a great offensive mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. is that Regardless of what the strength of the offense is, even if it doesn't line up with what his general mm-hmm. you know, philosophy, he's found ways to highlight those guys. So at UMass, when their best player was a tight end, mm-hmm. um, Adam Brenneman, who's now uh, an assistant coach for Arizona State, whose career, he would have been an NFL tight end, but a knee injury at the end of his season, his senior year basically cost him that opportunity and he just went into coaching. He was who they highlighted. When it was Andy Isabella who became an NFL wide receiver from UMass, who's yeah, now second round pick
0: Cardinals. Wow, Jake.
2: Yeah, I mean that's who they highlighted. Right now, when it's at Pitt, they've got a really good wide receiver that they're ma- like. So he's he basically said whoever the playmakers are on offense, Whipple will make sure that they get the ball. Mm-hmm. He will have designs specifically set up to get those guys involved in the games early and often, mm-hmm. uh, and he felt like that made it really easy for the quarterback as well.
0: Hmm. That's an interesting. So story. if it if
2: it in you know if your best player is indeed your running back, mm-hmm. it means in his mind he's going to be able to to find a way to do it. Yeah, I He think... also felt like he could blend the passing concepts fairly easy with an offense that also wants to run its quarter. So I, I think that some of the concern people have is Nebraska is just going to be dropped back fifty times right. and throw. Right. That's well, not likely to happen.
0: I just feels like everybody made a lot of leaps and you delved into it and found out otherwise. You know? Well,
2: it's just hard to sort of blend what Nebraska has been with what Pitt's offense was this year. And it's not that Adrian Maybe didn't not that throw hard. it a lot, but mm-hmm. if you just look at the sheer numbers, he only played 11 games to 13. Mm-hmm. He threw it 200 less times, yeah. basically, than Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see the ball in the air probably more, but it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be that a detriment of everything else.
0: Right. Let's, okay, What about what are you hearing about Miles Brennan?
2: Well, um, it's it's That's certainly. The, go ahead. He's been in the portal for a while. It's it's definitely a quarterback that you know, along with like Charlie Brewer and a handful of others before everyone else that was joining the portal have, is one of those that you knew he had a he had a nice sort of part time season wading through injuries, a couple years ago in twenty or twenty. <sighs> mm-hmm. um, I think the biggest thing is can he just be healthy? I, I think he'd be a rock solid quarterback. I don't know that he is a.
1: Hmm, he's Jake. a total game changer. I didn't, I didn't say he could not be a rock solid quarterback. That's not—I never said those words. I—I'm intrigued by Miles Brennan. Yeah, I,
0: thought, I mean, I, I thought your sort of attitude was this can't work. Once he Horrendous read on that one. Horrible. I read. think. I mean. <laughs> Not even Sorry.
1: close to the right reach. Right, right.
2: I think if people don't go in with the expectation that this is a guy that's going to throw 42 touchdowns in one year, mm-hmm. I mean, it is worth acknowledging that Kenny Pickett for two straight years was a 14-touchdown, 9-interception guy. Yeah, that's true. Pitt's offense really struggled. Two years. So another part of it for me is that how long, like, it's not like they have a lot of time. If this offense was after Troy, or if this hire was after Troy Walters, mm-hmm. I think there'd be more reason to be excited about it mm-hmm. right away because you know there's more lead time. Mm-hmm. Right now, if they struggle to implement this stuff, mm-hmm. or if you have a court, if if your quarterback struggles mm-hmm. right away with you know being handed a lot, I don't. This stat, I mean, you know, it it can go bad in a hurry. Long shot, and you don't have you don't have the same defense from last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Nebraska has to score points to win games. I in, think so in twenty twenty two. I
0: think so. I mean you have to leave open the possibility that they'll be better on defense. Uh um, yeah,
2: it's hard for me to do that.
0: Right. Well, I know. It's hard for everybody to, to do that. Um I get it. I mean that's some what I was telling Jake in the first hour is it's and I get this. Jake, I totally understand it. But it I'm saying it gets old. That everything Frost does is condemned immediately. Like Oh, uh, the, no, the, the terrible Mickey Joseph
1: hire was. Uh, I like said Mickey Joseph was not condemned at all. That was celebrated. By yeah, but, pretty it, much then everybody. It, but then it
0: was quickly tried. You know, then what happens in the market is someone try, tries to come up with an article to totally undercut this. I, I, I don't think that people were doing that with Mickey I Joseph. I mean, this is the world we're in, and I accept it, but I don't have to like it. I, I mean,
2: I think it's completely reasonable as a fan, and this is this is one of the three hires mm-hmm. to be skeptical of Donovan Rayola. Yeah coming in with no experience as a college, as a a full-time offensive line coach with what was visibly the worst part of your team last year. Right. Like, he's got a big job in front of him. Yeah, he does.
0: I'm skeptical of everything in the world. But I don't condemn it automatically and say this can't work. There's a difference between being skeptical and just saying this is not going to work. All right? There's a big difference.
2: I don't know that I read anyone yesterday in the media that said this isn't going to work. I saw a, a lot skeptical. of that on Twitter. From from fans or yeah, from, from fans? Fans are crazy. Okay, hey, so, I mean. Fans I saw are crazy. a lot of that. Fans are like, fanatics. You can tweet something completely innocuous. Yeah. And you're going to have at least seven people on either side of it. Because that's where the fan base is at right now. Well, yeah. I and I believe I there agree. was an individual that a couple years ago, after I was complaining and ranting and whatever it is that I do, who told me, you shouldn't treat social media like real life. I think he's standing right <laughs> next to me here.
0: It's true. It's true. It's, you know, though like the challenge there. Sure. Is I know. mean,
2: there's definitely fans that, you know, no matter what was going to happen, we're either going to tell you that it's going to lead to a Big Ten West title or it's going to well, lead to. Oh I haven't to, heard that. Oh, I, I got that. Really? Yeah. I mean. Wow. That's, you, a, that's extreme. You just have to... There's just extremism everywhere.
0: Yeah. And it's not just Nebraska football, by
2: the way. Right. Well, like, yeah. I mean, that's just sort of uh, everywhere in every aspect of life. But I, I think, at least from the media aspect of it, people are fairly intrigued, if nothing else, because the idea of Frost going out and getting a seasoned play caller, a veteran coach, a guy who's been a head coach, mm-hmm. who intricately understands the role of having to run an offense in addition to running the entire team, mm-hmm. in addition to all the little things that happen on a game day that you're in charge of. I mean, that is exactly what Scott Frost said he wanted to go find. And he got and it. And he did it. Yeah. That's so a good that hop. in itself is good. How they blend, how they work together, we'll find out. I mean, we're not going to – like I keep saying, we're not going to know anything about this team until you get through September of next Thank year. Thank you.
0: Now, here's the thing. I, I And I want to reiterate this for people who didn't hear it in the 6 o'clock hour. I, I regard all this Schaefer as a long shot. A long shot. Yeah. But I'm not saying it can't work. I mean, I've been showing Jake scenes from American Made.
1: Um, His favorite movie
0: ever. Yeah. And the, you, there, there's a lot to think like Barry Seal couldn't get that plane over the trees. But he did it. And, and that's what Frost is trying to do. He's trying to take off. With a plane loaded down. With what? No, I'm not saying But, but, <laughs> just but he's trying down. to get it over this tree line, and you're and the guys on the side were were the guys like the metal yes. and so you, is the
2: Is a metaphor here that Nebraska's trying to smuggle in wind?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, the <laughs> metaphor is he, Frost is trying to get this plane off the ground. Mm. It's weighted down. There's a tree line ahead. He's on a he's on literally a dirt runway um, with a plane that's way too heavy, weighted down by by negativity and by his own doing, mm-hmm. and he's got to get this plane over the tree line, and it's and there's guys on the side like us. or We're like the meddling cartel guys, to... bet waging bets if he's going to get it off the ground. And I'm saying long shot. If I'm betting, I want I want to bet like it's a long shot, and I want a big return if it gets it over the tree line.
2: Why? Okay, so do you get um, do you get what I'm I, saying? I, I yes, it. I, I Did do. Did you follow
0: that? So
2: let me let me ask you this. Why do you feel like it was Rayola versus a more experienced offensive line
0: coach? Well, I know one reason. And that and and
2: I don't want to do the the cynicism of just because he's someone's uncle. Yeah, I don't think that's it. I I think it matters that he actually played in the Big Ten and all of those things.
0: But Well here's why here's what I know. Here's what I I'll just tell you what I know. His presentation was really strong. Like he had a very and I saw it. It's a he had a very detailed presentation to Frost. And it 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 laid out in very clear terms how he's going to teach and it, how he's going to recruit, and it was very impressive. I mean, the people that I know that saw it, and I'm gonna like you, you interviewed guys for Whipple, I interviewed guys for this, the Bears Center, um, Harry. Olin No, he was a, good <laughs> one. <laughs> was a, one. Was a great, <laughs> yeah. anyway, was a great anyway, one. Anyway, 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 the presentation he made was really strong, very detailed. Um, you don't, you know, he. He's not experienced at the college level, but that it, to coach in the NFL is and be even an assistant offensive line coach. It's not a small job. It's a it's a huge job. And I think that those two things were big factors. Now, here's the other factor. If they would have hired Graham Harrell, 38 year old Graham Harrell, they probably would have hired Jeff Quinn,
2: because they would have reversed right too. The
0: right, they felt like if okay, they hired the sixty-four-year-old Mark Whipple, and they thought, well, let's get some youth, let's get some youth, youth, let's get the young bull to work with these guys. And they, I think they feel very good about what he's going to teach technically, but also the attitude he's going to bring. Okay. That's that's what it is. And I understand, I appreciate skepticism. Again, what I don't appreciate is just just automatic condemnation. I don't understand it. Um, I don't feel like I there try was to that pe-
2: much of it on my message board yesterday, well, which I- is a place where it largely lives.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people were like, "Well,
2: he went and he got a you know he got a seasoned coach, right?" And I think the Rayola thing, at least on the message board, is this feels like a hail mary for his mm-hmm. nephew. But ah no, um, here
0: is what I'd say to those people, Chief. and You understand this? That's a twenty twenty four recruit. That whole conversation well, is,
2: is – It really doesn't matter. It's not germane to what's happening in the 2022 season. Well,
0: if they don't win in 2020, right. t- 2022, that conversation is moot. Right. Even, right? Be, yeah. It doesn't well, we matter. No conversation at all. Right. So, now, the way I'd look at it is they're trying they trying—they're trying to get to Day- Dylan Rayola. I mean, they that's a carrot. Yeah. I mean, if they do well, there is a possibility. That there's still a possibility you can get them, but they're going to have to win. Mm-hmm. At least six, seven games. I mean, that's the only way to get. You got to get to a bowl game. Yeah. Postseasons. Yeah, we're required. not. Pro- we're probably not really on different pages here. I mean, I'm a little skeptical of everything. I mean, come on, you know, you know how I am. If Jake tells me my shirt's gray, I'm gonna fight back a little bit. Yeah, yeah but
2: that's because it's Jake. You guys are <laughs> like squabbling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true.
0: <laughs> so there you go. Uh, and Mickey, yeah, you can't really – I mean, Mickey's Mickey. It's pretty yeah. much
2: unassailable. No, no, no
1: one has really bashed that hire. Like, I haven't seen anything.
2: Like, I, I don't know how you could. I mean –
1: Who has who has talked down on that hire? He's higher a veteran
2: rate? wide receiver coach that has tremendous acumen in terms of development and recruiting. He, he developed no. Justin I don't Jefferson what, and Jamar
1: Chase into NFL stuff. I really have
2: no idea what the complaint could be with There's that. not one.
1: There, no one <laughs> – yeah, there's been no negativity about that one. I don't know what you're reading, but that no one has put that down at all. Just a and I think Whipple has mostly been accepted, right? I think people have intrigue, you know, intrigue, a lot yeah. of intrigue. I, I hear more intrigue than I hear pessimism about Whipple. I, I think I really most do.
2: of it is: will they hire a special teams coordinator? Because if they don't, people are, in my sphere of the world are going to be very. Yeah, I understand unhappy. that. Um,
0: I think he has to, from just that standpoint,
2: right? And then it's: is Rayola up to this job? Because, and if you think about everyone and what they have in front of them. Obviously, Whipple's going to be in charge of the whole offense. Rayola has maybe the toughest task right in front of him,
0: And maybe the most important, by the way.
2: Absolutely, because Mm -hmm. that offense can't work. No matter what you're calling, it isn't going to work if you can't protect. Mm -hmm. And so if you're coming off of where it looks like you might have more passing in 2022, and you had pro football focuses 2 lowest-rated tackles in the country, or in terms of uh, most pressure allowed per game, Yep.
0: I mean, that's it. So I got a question for you guys. Schaefer, you guys know football. Sometimes this is what I would. I know. I know how I would be if I was frost. Now, Now, this might sound outlandish, but if I were frost, I'd get involved in the offensive line. I'd I'd get involved. I'd try to do what I can, knowing that. Knowing that number one, you hired a guy that's a little light on experience, but number two, knowing that that's the most important thing. Can't a head coach do that? Can't he get involved in it? Maybe not. I mean, maybe that goes.
2: against. I don't know. I mean, it comes down to like what level of comfortability he has. It's not like he's going to be teaching
0: technique. Not necessarily. No. Um, so, But I, you, there's certain things that you can identify during a game that aren't happening that he could identify during practice.
2: Right? One of the things that is going to be helpful for Rayola, and I don't know that he'll still be there, but he is, as far as I know, as of right now, I mean, you still have Frank Ferducci involved. Um, I think so, yeah. And even if it's not him, you'd still have the opportunity to go get an analyst that can help out there as well.
0: Schaefer, don't you think this is – see, what I the way I read this, and it's not even a read, I've heard this – this is the Rayola hires is as much about attitude as anything, and now that's not I'm not casting aspersions. Is that the word? Um, if you
2: if you want to cast aspersions about Nebraska's offensive line attitude, you yeah, can do that because right. they talked about it at length in the preseason and during the season that their focus was on aggression, which tells me that Nebraska had identified pretty early on uh-huh. that they didn't feel like certain guys, particularly Bryce Benhart struggled or lacked aggression yeah. off the snap
0: yeah i think greg was he he had a pretty scientific approach um and i think they want more of an attitude and and that's the rayola rayola brings attitude but the assumption is he brings attitude but he can't possibly bring technique and precision hmm. and i think he's sold to frost that he absolutely can't and and, and and there's probably decent evidence of it
2: my general assumption is that in something where it's going to have to be some level of trial and error because you've never really done it, like the idea that it's going to click right away on that line, it's hard to believe. But also if they're going to go in and they get a couple veterans from the transfer portal, that could make it easier. If they could keep Cam jurgens and I don't know that that's going to happen, but they just mm-hmm. hired a guy who played center. Mm-hmm. So um, that could help out. I, it, some of it is just – there's so many questions, even devoid of who the line coach is. Like, what do you do with Turner Corcoran? Is he a guard? Is he a tackle? Do you have another yeah. tackle on your roster? Is the kid from Oklahoma State that's on campus today, Hunter Anthony? Is he going to be? You know, if you're able to get that commitment, does he slide right in as a tackle for you? Mm-hmm. And then you have Prohaska on one side and him on the other, and then you figure out what you have in the middle. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just you know, I think yeah, you yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. I think you have Nori, and I think you have if he's healthy, Prohaska. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what's going to happen with Jurgens, and then everything else is just kind of like balls up in the air, and you got to see where it lands. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now, it, now, as far as the experience versus non-experience goes, so people naturally say, "Well, Jeff Quinn would be a better hire." I've talked to plenty of people who can poke holes in Jeff Quinn real easily. All right, so there's always that. Yeah, there's no like if you just come to me and say that they should have hired the experienced guy. Well, how many coaches can you name that were older, experienced that didn't work at all? I mean there it just because a guy is 59 doesn't mean he's sure. effective i mean if that's your best argument for this i need a little bit more right and, and and the other thing that's interesting is i've heard a lot of people say they should have hired a 59 year old jeff quinn um other people would say well that's a little but but they'll at the in the same time they'll say whipple's too old whipple's 64 the guy the other guy's 59 is that is that is that a huge difference
2: I don't even think it matters yeah, with Whipple, matters. given that you have head coaches that are teetering <laughs> on 70 or yeah. in their 70s. Yeah, so. and
0: guys it, age at different in yeah. different ways, like I said earlier. That I've aged really poorly. <laughs> it doesn't mean that he's aged poorly. <laughs> right?
1: Let's get a quick call before break uh, from Jake. Jake, you're on early break. Go ahead, man. Jake. Are you there, Jake? Jake. We lost Jake. He held on too long. We it's took okay. too long to get That's to so- Jake. Uh, you can always call or text 464 5685. We'll have more next with Mike Schaefer here on Early Break.